Awesome, awesome, awesome. Lindy, you, Robert, and, and Linda come up here. It's just awesome how Lindy gets to come in, spend some time with us, and then there is one flight flying internationally. It goes to Narita, back to Japan. So we are honored that we can send somebody through the atmosphere back to Japan. And I told her this morning, just take all the bad stuff with you from us. <laughs> Japan is doing very well in the midst of this crisis. And, uh, you know, it's one of the probably most populous places on earth. And, you know, God's doing something. And so it's a real honor to send you back this time. And we thank God for you. Robert, let's you pray a blessing over this wonderful lady as she returns. Well, Lord, I do pray a blessing over Lindy as she goes forth. Lord, we have seen how you have moved in her life. Lord, you've moved her into Israel and back out. Lord, you moved her into Japan. Uh, Lord, we thank you that your angels go before her. Lord, you are protecting her. And Lord, she is staying in the very center of your will. So, Lord, we say no, uh, no weapon formed against her will prosper. No plague will come near her dwelling. But, Lord, she will rejoice in you and experience your goodness and continue to fulfill the call and the destiny on her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this season's going to be different than last season. So you're going in. I want when you land, you to, to tell Japan, open up your gates. Changes are coming. And the Lord says you're going to see things put together in a whole different way. And then you're going to say, Lord, do I see the end of the puzzle? Or do you, are you expanding the puzzle? And then you'll know where you're headed in days ahead. Amen. Amen. Let's thank God for her. Now, let's look at Psalms 107.20 for a second, because we, I, I want to encourage you, you know, since last year, I mean, when I say last year, since Feast of Tabernacles in 2019, we've been saying, you know, this year is totally different. This is, it's a new era we're entering. We have to know that the warfare is different in this era. Uh, remember many times I've said it's going to be a true Passover going up to uh, Passover time. We'll have to be dealing with things in the uh, uh, nations that we've never dealt with before. This is a year that the Lord, an era that he's beginning this year to really deal with the nations of the world. So we have to know that in the midst of it, the Lord has a major plan for each one of us. Look at somebody and say, you're important too. I saw Billy Alexander here. It's wonderful. Let's welcome Billy here. What a wonderful time to have you back. And so it says here, he sent his word and healed them and rescued them from destruction. So what that says to us is we must have his word penetrating us to heal us, to make us whole, to bring us into that place that we need to be in so destruction doesn't overtake us. So I want to go back today and I want us to look at some things. I want us to get a better perspective 
overall of where we are now as we're approaching Passover about three weeks away. And it is very important that we know how to uh, move forward. I just got back from Madison, Wisconsin last night. Awesome gathering in Wisconsin. It was, uh, uh, they actually had packed out their gathering and it was just the right amount of people for us to uh, release the prophetic words that God had. Now, here's what I want you to remember. We are completing one major season in our life and we're headed into another. We're already in another season. So, uh, as much of the confusion that is around us, you don't want to back up. I mean, as much change that's going on around us, still we want to keep moving. Put your hand on somebody's back and say, just keep moving. (laughs) Now, I want you to remember that... uh, We, as God's people, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And what is not a faith is sin. And when we violate faith, we have to reconcile our being with the Lord, and we have to come back into a new place of wholeness. So it's important that we understand that faith from God's people in the midst of crisis becomes very important. Now, let me say it a different way. You do not need all the toilet paper in America. You need enough. You need enough. But you don't need it all. And, uh, and you want to understand, even in that, if you don't exhibit faith, you have to ask forgiveness. And you have to get back right with the Lord. Yes, you want to be sure, like a good Proverbs 31 woman, that your pantry is stocked. Uh, you, should have, you should keep your pantry stocked. Uh, if and uh, that's important to learn and do that, you should always try to keep you some supply for to move forward. And uh, but yet, even in that, you have to move by faith. Now, so also, what you want to remember is the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and with that, he wants to negate your faith. It's not that you go around telling everybody that you believe in the Lord. It, it won't work if your faith is negated or neutralized. See, they'll just look at you and say, well, if that's who you believe in, and that's your response to your object of faith, I really don't want to enter into that. And that's why it becomes very important that God's people are steady and out of their mouth, faith cometh. See, faith is coming and faith is coming. And so you want to remember that. Now, another thing is this new era that's here, we are in, we have been trained in a season of watching and we're watching things carefully. 
Now, uh, with that, uh, captivity needs to keep breaking off of our promise. See, the enemy doesn't want to let go of the best of what is yours. You have a portion that he wants to hang on to. That's the principle of inheritance, the law of inheritance. And so you have to say, all right now, what the Lord meant for me to enjoy and to steward and to prosper, the enemy's trying to stop that. See, so you want to always say, now you have no right to put your hand in my boundaries. Now, the only time I see biblically that the enemy has a right to get a hand over us or a toehold in us is through two dynamics. One, unforgiveness, and number two, anger. And if we operate in unforgiveness and anger, the enemy can get an upper hand over you. That's what 2 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 2 says. And once you're, you're filled with forgiveness, all of a sudden all the schemes of the enemy breaks. Now, as, as Marty came up here and prophesied, angels are intervening right now. And that's a principle. Angelic intervention is all around us, and we need to notice them. We also have to know we have come through a season, uh, 70 was linked with apostolic sending. Now we are being commissioned and sent again. When you leave here today, you need to be willing to every place your foot steps to loose the glory of God. Doesn't matter where it is. Doesn't matter where God sends you. Because we are crossing over this year in a way to build our future. Now, so let me summarize this era about us. This era is about the voice, pay. It's about the sound that we're bringing. It's about the words we're saying. And what is coming out of your house is important. So if faith isn't coming out of your house, we have to step back and say, whoa, wait a minute. And it's easy to have the enemy uh, just nag you. And, and, and try to do everything he can do to stop faith from moving. But you also have to know we have entered a new supernatural, mystical season. Now, that is important to understand that. What is going on around us is supernatural. It is a supernatural dynamic. It cannot be fought by just humanistic ways. We must know by the Spirit how to fight our battles. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord, is how you're going to win these wars ahead. And there is a war over authority. And uh, you just see it, you hear it. You hear it in almost every dimension. You see the enemy trying to negate authority. You see how the enemy wants to stop authority from having a clear voice. We must understand we are in this season. Now, remember on January the 1st, the Lord said something to me. He said, 
in this new era as you enter 2020. Now, I know we look at things from a Hebraic standpoint, but as you enter 2020, I, I asked him, I said, Lord, what are you saying about 2020? And it wasn't one of those rhyme words. He said, tighten up your belt. You are entering into economic warfare. Now, I've been saying this over and over, that we're getting leaner and meaner, and we are coming into a place where the Lord says, I've got to make you creative with resources. Now, I will tell you, if you overbought, now, seriously, and I'm being serious here, if you overbought toilet paper, you can make incredible flares with it. See, that's an exploit. Now, I'm telling you, toilet paper can be used for lots of things. So, this is what an exploit is. What you have can be used in many ways. And we're going to have to learn how to do that. We're going to have to learn our space. Now notice how uh, about a month ago, or, or so, actually it started for the end of the year, I started saying now, we've got to get an understanding of synaxis. If you don't have a triumphant kingdom, you need to get that because the church will not always be meeting in mega church structure. Uh, of course, we don't meet like that, but as we started our synaxis, we said around 200, 250, and it becomes important. It can go all the way down to 10 people, and what, why that is important is we have to learn how to meet and gather in new ways. Then God will give us the times where we come in here and we celebrate. And we come as one, all the tribes coming together. So the Lord's teaching us a lot of new things. And it's important that we learn those things. It's important that we know God is not religious. He's not doing this just because He wants to have some religious protocol in the earth. He is doing it for our benefit. He is moving in ways right now for our benefit. Now... And remember what he, he's, he said, and I had to grab hold of it at the beginning of the year with Cindy when she started prophesying how I wasn't supposed to travel as much and I needed to rest. And I watched the Lord do that. See, if you don't submit to the voice of the Lord, you won't see what God is doing. And in it, I, I've just watched how the Lord has sovereignly done that. Even though I've already traveled 70,000 miles this year, that is nothing compared to what I usually do. I usually have been to China three times by now. And you see how God is doing things. Now, this is what I want to explain to us before I get into us understanding God's principle of healing. And I want you to listen carefully to me. Uh, this isn't something all of a sudden that God is surprised over. What well, the crisis that we're in in the nations. One of the things that I have been praying and I said in September also was this would be the year because one of the pay words is there comes a division. I said this would be the year that God would divide the nations. And he would be drastic with it. Uh, see, God has ways of getting us 
into position for our future. He's not trying to kill all of us. He's trying to get us positioned right. He reigns on the just and the unjust. So, but for me, this goes back a long way to future war of the church when I started writing after God visited me in 1986 and showed me 10-year increments. The first book came out at Rosh Hashanah time, 2000. And even in this book, the Lord had me put a whole chapter on plagues. So we understand the concept of what's ahead. Now remember, the Lord showed me 10-year increments built around what he would be doing in China and how it would affect the world. He was do. you could, China was one of those foreign mystical places that we talked about. And he said by 2026, China would be the most dominant force throughout the earth. And I've been saying that since 1986. Now think about that, how people have looked at me several times. And because at that time, we had no relationship with China. And then the next book I wrote, which is my favorite book, other than Processing Your Inheritance, is God's Unfolding Battle Plan. Now, why I like this book, it shows you all the wars, the mind war, the blood war, the time war, the presence and glory war. And it reiterates how we have to learn these wars because nations are changing. Boundaries are changing. It has a whole chapter on borders being realigned. And so we, we want to know God doesn't do anything without first telling him, the prophets. Then a time to triumph brings us into a mentality in the midst of a time like this where we don't get a defeatism about us. We walk in triumph. I want to suggest if you haven't read these, go get them. You can have all three of these books for $25. It is very important, and, and they just play out for you. They build an understanding in you. Uh, periodically, I go back through all three of them. I'm actually going through all three of them right now because of the new book that Alamo and I are writing on rebuilding the altar, which is important for right now. It is a prophetic book for now. And so I, I want to say to you, in that, the Lord said 2020, and I said this in September, that China, this had to be China's year to push. Now, in days ahead, you're going to see great conflict between China and America over who really was the root behind all this. And you really under, you need to understand that. And so, it is because we are in an economic war. And that becomes very important. God already has ways for us to win this economic war. And remember, one of the things that I've write, written about and I will say is uh, America's danger is not becoming uh, communist. It's becoming a, a materialistic controlling 
nation. I even explained it in the very first book that as lawlessness rises, more laws have to come into play. And what I said is what the danger for us is to look like China as we go into the future. And that is the goal for us. That's why you see so much. Uh, we went to all the port cities and prayed because China was buying all the port cities. You, you have to understand we're in a different season than what we've ever been. So we want to learn what the Word of God says about us. We want to learn how we as God's people are a nation above all nations. We, we never want to get prejudiced toward uh, uh, Muslim people. We don't want to get prejudiced toward Asian people. We, and America has a root of prejudice. Therefore, we need big deliverance at this Passover. And because what God's doing is building a new plan in the earth realm. Now look at somebody next to you and say, that includes you. And this nation that he's drawing out of all nations, I'm going to say that again, you're going to repeat it. This nation that he's drawing out of all nations, say it out loud, this nation that he's drawing out of all nations, we don't, we look differently. We don't, and nationalism is not driving us. We are one new man. We are not being driven by race. We're not being driven by gender. We're not being driven by nationalism. The political world, if you get so entangled in that, you're going to be blind as a bat to what God's doing. Now, somebody needs to tell you that because there is political conflict and tension like never before. So, I want to make this decree, the healer is here. Now, now, tell two or three people around you, speak it all week. Now, how do we understand that? Let's go back and look at Exodus 15. Let's look at when the healer came and why he came. Because he came because they had come out from under all these plagues. They had, now I want you to understand something. They had only been out from under these plagues for three days. And they started complaining and murmuring over their future. We will not complain and murmur over our future. Say it out loud, we have a good future. Miriam has just danced. Moses has just sang. They have had a wonderful celebration service. And then the next thing that happens as they're three days in, they're about 30 miles from where they started. All of a sudden they get thirsty. And they can't find anything but bitter water. And it says, the Lord made a statue and ordinance for them. And there he tested them and he showed them a tree and said, this tree can make that water sweet. 
This is what I'm talking about with resources. There is something around you for you to put in the pool that you need. And so in the midst of it, God is doing it. And so in in it, it says here, then that the Lord came down. And he said, if you, will, if you will obey me, if you will listen to my commandments, if you will keep me foremost in your thoughts, I will not put any of the diseases which I put on the Egyptians on you. Well, there's where you see root structures of diseases come from. Because of occult worship. That's why we had our deliverance gathering here. Uh, That was so important. And he said, for I am the Lord who heals you. In other words, you need a healer because you're not going to get very far in your future without a healer. Now let's say it out loud. The healer is here for our future. And so, we never want to forget that the healer is here because we need a healer. And again, the world now is crowded. It's it's really, uh, uh, population is bursting. Nations have uh, come forth in incredible dimensions. Uh, 230 plus nations of people and yet we need a healer because God wants us to have a healer and we never want to forget that Jehovah Rapha came down to earth now I want us to get this he comes down to earth he is not floating around out there somewhere He comes to earth to reveal what you need so you can walk in healing. If it's Benadryl, he'll show it to you. If it's Epicac, he will show it to you. If it's a Tylenol, he will show it to you. He will reveal what you need to make the life source in you flow right. So don't be telling everybody they can't take an aspirin. I mean, that runs me crazy. Because you can take anything God shows you to take. Because if God is showing you to take it, it's for your healing. And when people get cancer, I I see people get into this all the time. People telling them, God doesn't want you to take chemo. If God shows you chemotherapy, take it. He might not want some to take anything. But we don't have the liberty because the healer will reveal what you need. All right. Doris, when she got in the thing with her leg, I said, Doris, if you need to take that leg off because the bone's not healing, take it off. Why you need it? See, God knew that all of a sudden all that infection was out of her body. 
and she's exercised and she's learned to walk differently and moved on and on and on. She could just share her testimony with all of that. You have to keep moving. Tell somebody. Uh, now, so the healer came. That's the first thing I want you to say. The healer came. Now, in Exodus 30, we find something else. We find they keep moving, but this plague hits them. Well, this plague hits you because we do crazy things. I mean, no, we don't have, uh, we're in a fallen world. Therefore, the enemy will take any opportunity to use the fallenness of this world to create disease and to try to take us all out. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So we've got to be wise in this thing. And so in it, they come to this place and they are taking a, a, a census. And God is showing them the altar of intense, incense. And he says, if you take the census, I want you to give from taking a census. Now, this is a census year. We have to understand that. God does not change. He knows America is going to take a census this year. Therefore, the enemy wants to rob the principle that keeps us safe during a census. And so in the midst of it, he says, when you take a census, each one shall give a ransom for himself to the Lord. In other words, in a census, you give the best you can give. It's called the law of ransom, and you will be redeemed. In the midst of it, because I'll show you in a moment the danger of what us being numbered does. It draws all the attention to the strength of a nation. God will not allow that, people. He won't allow it. He is, he is not a God who will allow other nations to look stronger than He. And so we have to understand that. Because if that was so, we wouldn't need a God. All right? And that's why we are not in competition with all the nations. We just want to walk in a godliness that God is calling us to walk in, like our president said today. You might not like him, but we ain't had another one just call a global day of prayer like he did today. Listen, we're not worried about all that politically. All of a sudden, we hear, heard the right voice say, pray all, pray all day today for the nations. Well, I've been saying it since September. Maybe it'll have a lot more weight coming from the president. Now, this becomes important. And yet, let me tell you something about God. He puts in position who he wants in position. If President Obama would have called this, I would have prayed all day. If uh, Bill Clinton would have called this, I am not Democrat, Republican, beyond kingdom. Now, once we get this, we will be okay. 
And you know what? If you think we're going to have all the dissension we have had in this nation starting last year with all of that stuff of impeachment and all of the dissension and murmuring in this nation and disease not hit us, you're crazy. All you have to do is see all the mess that's gone on in this nation. I mean, I am thankful we hadn't been overtaken. Nancy Pelosi tearing that thing up, his speech up. Listen, my grandmother would have beat the hell out of me right there if I'd have done that. And she would say, I don't care what he is. You're not going to act like that in front of the whole nation. Matter of fact, she'd say, matter of fact, I'm going to take you back up there and you're going to eat it in front of this nation. And that's our problem. We don't have a fear of authority. I knew she was big enough to make me do it. And we have got to understand God does not like stuff like that. He doesn't like us acting like nuts in front of people or acting contentious like that. And... uh, uh, He will deal with all of them. That is not our problem. He will deal with them. He'll deal with Mr. Trump when he says things he shouldn't with that mouth. That is not our problem. Our problem is to hear when the voice of God comes through somebody and says, pray today. That's all it is. All right? Now, and so... Here's what happens. We get into this big, after the census thing, we get into this big plague because they get tired of waiting on Moses to bring back how they're supposed to worship and they build this calf. Uh, And they build the same altar that we have built built in New York. And And we have to understand these things. They build this calf. They're worshiping this calf. Moses comes down. God gets, Moses gets angry, but God gets angrier and a plague hits them. And again, it says, so the Lord struck the people with a plague because of what they had done with the calf, which Aaron had made for them. Aaron, his assistant. I mean, so with that, he begins to deal with them. And the only way they can get out of this is to worship again and then get back on course and return to their journey. But you're going to find this pattern over and over why the healer had to go with them is because they would do things they shouldn't do. We need a healer. This is what I'm trying to say to us. We're not going to do everything right. We need a healer. We need a healer when we do crazy things like we've done over the last six months. The nation needs a healer. The people need a healer. I need a healer because of the atmosphere that has been created. That's what I want you to understand about this because we can create an atmosphere where disease has right to operate. 
And I believe we have done lots of strange things over this past several years. Now, here's one of the biggest ones. And so what I see the Lord is doing out of his mercy is causing us to pause. Just pause. I got to make some adjustments here because you need a healer. So you've got to pause. You need a healer. And I want to get you back on track to heal you. So let me help you. Do, you. do you hear what God's saying to us there? Let me help you. I've got to deal with a bunch of things here. For your own good, are you going to step in some piles that you can't get out of? That's how simple it is. And so, and, and he will put, he will do this. He will pause us. And remember, he's given them how to worship in a new way. But the people in Numbers 11, they start complaining again. They start complaining because God has given them all this wonderful quail to eat. And in the midst of it, they, they, it's hard to keep them happy. And so you find over in Numbers 11 that uh, what the Lord does, he sends them all of this meat to eat because they've complained about everything so far. And they dried out and they start eating and they eat and they eat and they eat and God sends a plague on them. And with that, you have to understand that God does not like greediness. Now I'm going to say this. Uh, Romans says it this way, do not covet. See, it, he has a way of dealing with greediness and covetousness. And when you look at what has gone on in China, and now the consequence of what's going on worldwide, uh, we've got an issue of greed going on here. And God is God's saying, now, you need a healer, so let me adjust you. Let me get you in time again. Let me get you in boundaries again because I don't want this to continue on with you as you move forward. See, all you got to do is go back and read how he operates, how he operates in the midst of a crisis. And then Miriam, she got unhappy. Listen to me. Be careful because Miriam was a prophetess, she got unhappy and she started speaking against what God was saying. And do you know how much God loved her? He stopped the whole camp again. He said, she needs a healer. Because of her sin, she got leprosy. Modern, uh, uh, today would be modern day cancer. She got this disease and he said, now, but I love her. She needs a healer. I'm going to stop her. And I'm going to stop the whole camp, and we're going to wait on her till I heal her. Yeah. 
Now, we have to see how God pauses. He stops us because we need a healer. We need a healer. We've, we've got some issues and we need healing. Now, here's what I want to say. God will continue to pause us because we're in a different era because we need healing. Because he doesn't want us to keep going with certain attitudes, with certain bitterness, with certain complaining, with certain grumbling, with certain greediness. He will stop and heal us. And I believe right now we are in a place of healing that God is doing. You keep going and all of a sudden you have another plague and he has to stop them and said, nah, uh, uh, because they've been offering me all of this wrong fire that's out there. And in the midst of it, in offering me this wrong fire, I'm going to have to cleanse the fragrance coming up to me because you need a healer. And so he stops them until a new incense and fragrance can be presented to him. Now, the purpose of this morning is just to say, God stops us. He stops us from moving. And then, then uh, remember, they keep going. They have another. They have this other uh, major uh, plague breakout. And all these fiery serpents bite them. And, but because they need a healer and they have a healer in their midst, he tells them what to do. Put this pole up and put a brass serpent on it. Everyone that's been bitten and poisoned that will look at this serpent, I'll heal them. See, in the midst of what is going on, he is pausing us because we need a healer. We need, he's letting Lindy go on a flight back to Japan. He doesn't allow us to all go anywhere because some of us need to pause until he has adjusted us. Now, this is very, very important for us right now. And yes, I'm sure this will go out to lots of places. I'm not preaching at you. I'm just saying to me, you've got to submit to this pause. And I have done that this year because you need a healer. See, and you can keep trying to go and trying to go. I remember times when Linda would come and try to go and try to go to places. Now she lets God send her. When he wants her to go somewhere. See, because we need a healer who is looking after us because he wants us to remain in the boundaries of our healing. Now, here's something else. And I want us to go ahead and flip over to uh, David and the story of David and the threshing floor of Ornan. 1 Samuel 24. Now, remember when David... Uh, 
finally was made king. God promised Abraham when he gave him the boundaries that he gave him. He said, now I'm going to give you these boundaries. It's going to prosper tremendously. But inside those boundaries are the Girgashites, the Perizzites, the uh, Jebusites, the Canaanites, the Amorites, on and on and on. In other words, your promise already is inclusive of your enemies. You, you are aware of that. When God promises you something, inside that promise is your enemies. And you're going to have to deal with your enemies till you secure the promise. All right. Does that make sense? That's a hard principle for some people. They, they just have come into this great relationship with the Lord and they know he loves them. But when it's time for you to take your promise and establish yourself, you get your enemies that are in your promise. And you're going to have to deal with those enemies until those enemies are out of your promise. All right? And so David is now, the first thing David does when he becomes king is, it's not go sit on the throne and rule. The Lord says, now, you remember I gave Abraham uh, uh, several a thousand years ago. I told him the Jebusites were his. When they crossed over 500 years after that and they were in the promised land, Caleb's group didn't take out the Jebusites. And now the Jebusites are controlling where I want my art to be. Your first assignment is you're going to take those Jebusites out. As king, you figure out how to do it. And so in doing that, you see that uh, David then, that's how he determined who his mighty men were. Whoever would go up this water spout, uh, surprise the Jebusites and take them out, you'll, you're going to rule and reign. See, that's one of the ways God looks at leaders. They have to be willing to war. And they have to be willing to go to war. And so what he does here is David gets the place. It's where the Jebusites were. Uh, and David is called to build this temple for the Lord. Uh, I mean, it's prophesied. Uh, and he's called to establish the glory of God and the tabernacle of God uh, right there in the midst of the people. And so David goes through his life uh, doing that. David makes a lot of mistakes. He murders he manipulates. He uh, has a, adultery. He doesn't read the Word of God right, and he brings the ark in wrong. Uh, and people get killed from it. But here's where he makes his worst mistake that looses a plague. He decides, because his kingdom's coming to an end, and he wants to see how powerful he is, he decides to take a census. Look at somebody and say, we're in a census year this year. And Joab, who's about as spiritual as 
nobody, uh, even says, David, this is not a good idea for you to do this. And yet David is determined to take the census. And, but he does like he did with bringing the ark in. He doesn't go back and find out how to take the census. So he just takes the census. He numbers all the people and he says, this is how strong we are. But in doing that, he makes no offering to the Lord, no worship to the Lord. Therefore, it cuts off heaven. Now, let me say this to America. You don't want to, however strong you think we are, you don't want to cut heaven off from us. Therefore, we're in a global day of prayer to open us back up to heaven. And so David's, but David loves the Lord. So look what it says in verse 10 of chapter 24. David's heart, his conscience began to trouble him. Well, I guess. I guess it did. He said, ooh, I've sinned greatly. Joab told him he was going to sin. He said, I've sinned greatly. Please, Lord, take away my sin. Well, because people start getting this plague and they all start dying. And then in the midst of it, the Lord said, okay, uh, I'm going to send the prophet to you. He's going to give you three choices. You choose whichever one you want. And uh, he said, I'll give you to the people. Uh, uh, I'll give you seven years of famine. See, there's consequences. Or I'll take care of you. He said, well, I'm going to submit to you. Well, when he submitted to him, that meant he was going to get three days of plague. And so he was in great distress. This plague comes, thousands of people start being affected by it. And all of a sudden, the angel, see, an angel comes down. Now, Marty prophesies about angels all the time. We see angels all the time, but some of them have, are, are tough. Yes. This angel comes down, and this angel is doing work for the Lord. Our actions cause angelic intervention. Now, you need to take that however you want that. Our action causes angelic intervention and so this comes down and all of a sudden the angel of the Lord was standing the one that was allowing the pestilence to go on by Ornan's threshing floor who was a Jebusite who had submitted into the kingdom after David took the Jebusites and David said I have to have where that angel's portal is I have to have where that angel is standing. And Lord, I've got to present it to you. He went to Ornan. Ornan said, I'll just give it to you. And David said, I've got to have a sacrifice. All of a sudden, he goes back to the way God wanted the census taken. And he says, I got to get back in this place where I am giving, he builds an altar on Ornan's threshing floor and then he 
makes a sacrifice. And all of a sudden, the plague stops. See, it's not about the plague. It's not about the coronavirus. It's about God pausing us because we need a healer and we have to get things in order. His order. And I think in the midst of all of this, and the minute he did that, all of a sudden, the whole atmosphere changes. And of course, that was where the temple was eventually built. Because it was the same place Abraham had sacrificed, had taken Isaac up to make a sacrifice. There has to be giving from God's people in the midst of what's happening. I don't want us in any way to try to hang on to everything. I mean, if you don't have money, if you've spent all your money on toilet paper, bring the toilet paper to the altar. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. There has to be a sacrifice. Don't, don't be, don't be going for you without going for God first. Does that make sense? You can buy all the toilet paper, but be sure that you bring God his portion first. That's all I'm saying. I don't, I am not your conscience. I, I, I am not your conscience, but I do keep my conscience right based upon what God wants me to do because of the word. That's what allows me to come and go the way I go. And so, in the midst of this, uh, you have to understand something. And then we get to what Robert will end the next service with and what we're going to start tonight at 6 p.m. You don't have to come here, but the Lord said, I want seven days of communion from my people. The Lord said to them, Uh, before he did Gethsemane, he said, let's have the Lord's Supper. And then he told them, remember me. Every time you gather, remember my blood because, say it out loud, we need a healer. Remember my body. I took all your stripes. I'm about to take every stripe every one of you will be hit from the enemy with. Remember me when you come together. And I started noticing whenever that was, Linda, when we did the tent and the Passover, how far away we had gotten from the blood. How far the body of Christ worldwide had gotten away from the blood. And I can't tell you, I had key leaders tell me, you're talking too much about the blood. You're talking too much about how the enemy is wanting to work. We need a healer. The enemy will work until we pause to allow the healer to work. See, that's what warfare is about. And so, in the midst of this... Communion becomes very important. 
it, it becomes a real key to our future. And I want to end by, I, I read the book of Isaiah like I do Proverbs and Psalms. And I want to end by taking you to Isaiah 58. There has to, we have to break out of religion. We do have to fast, but we have to let the Lord choose the fast. We can't just say, let's all fast and this will end. Doesn't work that way. That's what Israel would think they would do. And the Lord said, I watch all your fast. And he said, I need to choose your fast. I need to choose how you fast. And he said, if you will do this fast and not religiously fast and make a day pleasing to the Lord, I will undo the bands of wickedness. I will tear to pieces the ropes of the yoke. Verse 6 of Isaiah 58. I'll let the oppressed go free. I'll break every, uh, I'll break apart every enslaving yoke. Think about your bread and those that are hungry. Think about your bread and those that are homeless. Think about your bread and those that are naked. The Lord said the same thing to us. Think about those in prison. He said, if you'll do this, then your light will break out like the dawn. Your healing restoration, new life, will quickly spring forth. Your righteousness will go before you, leading you to peace and prosperity. The glory of the Lord will come behind you. Now, Father, if we have one prayer today, it's healer, we know you're here. Show us how to walk in this pause so that the glory comes behind all of this mess and covers it. Then you'll call and I'll answer. You'll cry, I'll say, here I am. When you take away, no different than what he had to do with the Israelites, no different than what Paul had to deal with. He said, when you quit pointing your finger and when you put away your wicked speech and you offer yourself to assist the hungry and those in need, your light will rise in darkness. One of the things that I did on our behalf, why I have such confidence is, many of you know, last year we sent out Emily uh, Taylor to be over our daily bread. And she has done phenomenal to the point where Denton now has recognized they need a place for the homeless. Because Denton never would really recognize the homeless. And so they're building a homeless. I took at the beginning of the year and gave up an offering from us to build that homeless shelter there. Now, I usually don't say, I don't think you, your right hand tells your left hand what's going on with all that. But I knew today it's important you know we have given into
the homeless in this area so that it, we can have our, we're taking our responsibility in giving so the homeless has their place to move forward. Then he says this, if you turn back your foot from unnecessary travel, Now, now, listen, it says it right here. <laughs> Isaiah 58, 13. I'm reading from the Amplified, so it really pulls it out for us. If you turn back your foot from an unnecessary travel on the Shabbat, from doing your own pleasure on the Sabbath, and if you honor a Sabbath before me, and don't keep engaging just in what you want to engage in. I will make you ride on the high places of the earth. I'll restore the air travel. Once you pause and get in order. And I'll feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now here's what I want to encourage you. Try one day over these next seven days to come here and take communion. All of you on the web, try to join in one of those services when we have communion. We'll be having a 6 p.m. every night for seven days starting tonight. It's in the prayer tower, but it will be broadcast. And I want you to, to enter in at least one day. Now, I would encourage you, get your communion elements, your wine, your uh, unleavened bread. And I would encourage you to take it every day. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm hearing more and more people do that. And you take it on your own time, but we'll be doing it corporately at 6, starting tonight. We will have communion at the end of the next service. I also want to encourage you, ask the Lord how to fast one day. Just ask him. He'll show you what you're to fast on. I, I'm not going to play Holy Spirit and say we're all going to have to fast like this and we're all going to have to do this. You hear the Lord one day over how to fast in these next seven days. Because, you know, we're corporate people. And I think... If we'll do this, and then the third thing is, you find a Shabbat some way this week in your life. Now, what that means is you break the cycle of what you've been in. Doesn't mean you don't go to work. It means you've got to in these next, by next Shabbat, which will be Friday night. Break a cycle. Do something differently. Rest some way. So you are restored. Do not over travel unless you're assigned to travel. Now, Father, I decree right now, we want to see you heal this nation. We want to see you we want to acknowledge you as the healer because, Lord, we need a healer. 
We got way too many problems to start pointing fingers saying, this is the problem, this is the problem, this is the problem. All we want to say today is we need a healer. Now, Father, we asked you, please heal this land. Please heal the nations that cry out for you. I want to say this to you. We just did an analysis this past week. 62 nations give in to this ministry. Are you aware of how worldwide that is? Every one of you from other nations, we want to see your land healed. Now, Father, we asked you, and I set a bloodline over every one of us that's listening, every one of us that will listen, and I say, out of that bloodline, Lord, of the blood of the uh, Lord Jesus, Yeshua of Nazareth, we say the enemy will not penetrate. Lord, I say, make us cautious, make us aware. I bless your people today, and we bless you as the healer. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's thank God. We'll be back in here for Robert.